coming to celebrate the resurrection with us this morning. If our uh, ushers would go ahead and come forward, we're going to receive our offering here at the beginning so that we can jump into our service. Just a couple of things that I wanted to uh, remind you of. One, you've got your worship guides, and in there you'll see some upcoming activities and events that will be going on. I uh, want to draw attention to our men's hangout, which is happening next Saturday, April the 27th. All the information is in your worship guide, uh, and you can uh, check it out there. All righty. I do want to warn you about a couple of things this morning. There will be a couple of times during the service that the lights will go completely black, uh, and so if you'll just be aware of that. Uh, as soon as uh, the countdown is over with, the lights are going to go black, and so just uh, make sure that you are seated and not uh, running up and down the aisles, because that could become entertaining if you did that. that would as a matter of fact, go ahead. That would be fun. All righty. Let me pray for us, and we will uh, begin our celebration this morning. God, we are so grateful, because this is, this is our day, that we celebrate salvation, that we celebrate hope and peace and contentment. We are so grateful, God, that this morning we have an opportunity to be reminded of that incredible gift, that you paid the price fully for every single one of us, and that's what we celebrate this morning. So God, as we gather together, now there are folks here that are home from being gone for a while, and some guests that are here, and, and, and then we just have our folks who are here every week. I pray for every single one of us this morning that you would remind us of how incredibly much you love us. You would remind us of the incredible grace and mercy that you show to us. And God, may we have a reason to celebrate. God, we have hope, and we have peace, and we have eternal life, not because we've done anything, but because Jesus rose, and now we celebrate because we have life, because he's alive. God, we love you, and we pray this morning you'd remind us of how much you love us. In Jesus' name we pray.
story of the resurrection from all four Gospels in harmony. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and the Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember that the deceiver once said that while he was still alive, after three days I'll rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and telling everybody he was raised from the dead. If this happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best that you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. It was Saturday evening. The Sabbath had ended. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just as, as the sun was rising, they went to the tomb. And on the way, they started asking each other, who's going to roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards took with, uh, shook with fear as they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. It was very early on Sunday morning when the women arrived at the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of Jesus there. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and they bowed their faces to the ground. The, then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for somebody who is alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember that he told you that back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, that he would rise again on the third day? 
Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. Mary ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples and told them what they had found. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and he looked in, and as he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived, and he just jumped inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that covered Jesus' face, face was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and he believed. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they walked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly stood, uh, came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness was written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucify him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of the followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said the body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus was alive. Some of our men actually ran to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to come and suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the scriptures of Moses, all the prophets, and explained from, the, from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him to stay the night with them since it was getting so late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and he gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared immediately. It was Sunday evening. The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing in the middle of them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, whose nickname is Twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, until I put my fingers in them and place my hand in the wound in his side. It was eight days later. The disciples were together again. This time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing in their midst. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, come over here. Put your finger here. Look at my hand. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but instead believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's us. That's us. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these were written so that you might continue to believe that Jesus is in fact the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Okay. 
bless my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior
I believe in the sun, and I believe in the risen one, I believe I overcome by the power of his blood, amen, amen. 
so hard. I just have trouble getting motivated in the morning. Well, honey, when you have nowhere to be, it doesn't really matter what time of day it is now, does it? So if it's 1 o'clock, why aren't you in class? just calling to see how you are. I've been really busy since Wednesday. It's been a crappy few days. Are you all right? I'm all right. I just go day to day. Not much in my life except paperwork. Have to get our taxes in and oh, I'm a mess with that. Your dad, you know, he took care of all that. And this estate stuff's a little overwhelming. I have to go through all of his things and decide what I'm going to do with it all and I don't want to burden you with all of that. Mom, I can come home for spring break. I can help. No. No, you already have plans. I'll figure it out. Mom, plans can be changed. I want to make sure you're all right. Things aren't all right yet, but they will be someday. Honey, just concentrate on your classes and please don't worry. Okay, Mom. I'll call you after my English lit test tomorrow. But you can call me too, you know, if you just want to call for something. Thank you, honey. Good luck on your test, and don't worry. Wait, do I see what I think I see? Is that the Christmas tree? Do you still have the decorations up? Yeah, so I do. Oh, Mom. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. they had bigger problems than I do, and death was an everyday occurrence. But God, how am I going to get through this? Three months of laundry, dirty dishes, even the Christmas tree. I just can't do it. How am I supposed to move on when I can't even get out of my front door? through this. I really can't do it alone. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, lose hope, Emmanuel. Oh, who in the world could that be? Someone with yet another casserole, no doubt. Come in, it's open. Hey, Jill. Hey. Hey, I am so sorry to pop in on you like this. Um, you remember my, but I'm in a bind. You remember my daughter, Kelsey? Of course. How old is she now? Fifteen. Can, oh. you, can you believe that? 
Uh, just come sit down. I'm sorry oh. about the mess. It's okay. Um, hey, I really, I really hate to ask you this. Uh, I, you're going through a rough patch of your own, and I'm just, I'm, I really hate to ask anything of you, but I am, but what do you need? Well, I got the call. Um, I need to go to MD Anderson for a few days. Okay. Uh, another round of tests. Hopefully another course of treatment that's going to serve us this time. Um, but Kelsey, she can't leave town right now. She can't miss school. We've got the dog. Um, she's got this big audition in a couple of days. She would be devastated if she had to miss that. Um, would you mind checking in on her while I'm gone? Well, you're not leaving her alone, are you? Well, I mean, I don't want to, but it, it should only be for a few days. Nonsense. She can stay over here. She can go home, check on the dog, get things that she needs, but let her sleep over here. I'd, I'd worry all night if I knew she was home alone. I mean, are you, are you sure? I, 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 looks like you might have your hands kind of full. That? Well, it, it's... I just can't get things going in the morning, but when do you leave? Well, that's just it. I need to leave right now. Oh. Um, right now um, but she's in school um, they want to pre-admit me this afternoon tests will start first thing in the morning um, Kelsey's in school right now she has after-school practice um, she already had a car ride home so I mean she it shouldn't be any bother this afternoon if she maybe she could show up around five would that be okay does she know to come over here um, well I'll just text her when I leave the plan um, it should be fine um, now now she can help out around here you know, she knows how she knows how to do and pitch in, and, and, and she can just feed herself out of our refrigerator, um, <laughs> just checking on the dogs back and forth, and uh, I just don't want her to be a bother. I really yeah. don't. I don't. And, uh, well, in the school bus, you know, it just picks up out front. If she doesn't have a ride already lined up, well, I don't it's want okay. it to. It's I just hate to ask this of you. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We'll be fine. I, I haven't had anyone but myself to take care of since Penny left for school, so we'll get along just fine. You need to take care of yourself right now. So you must not have received a good report to have to rush off so fast, though. Well, I got admitted into a trial program if I can start in the morning. So, uh, but honestly, I don't know what God's doing right now. And I'm trying so hard to trust and believe that he's got it all under control. And we'll, we'll never really know the answers why. You can't always help the way that you feel. B but I'll take care of Kelsey. That's one less stress that you have to worry about. Okay. But Linda, yes. Linda, you, you really need to be honest with her and let her know what's going on. Right. Nothing is worse than being in the dark and then being surprised by the sudden you're turn right. of events. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. okay. Off you go. Okay. Positive thoughts. Okay. I'll be tell praying her. for you. Please tell her I'll call her tonight, okay? Okay. Right. And Kelsey Thank will be so praying much. for you, too. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, God. Please take care of Linda. And I know I asked you to come help me out of this dark spot. 
but a teenage girl. <laughs> really? Oh, I am really going to need your help with this one. When we started talking about our Easter time together this year, we wanted to have an honest conversation. Um, the fact is, uh, most of you growing up in the Bible Belt and in the South, well, you're all here for some reason, somebody you know is a Christian, or maybe you grew up as a Christian, and we, we know all about the story. Chances are pretty high that you went to vacation Bible school as a kid or Sunday school. So you know the story. Whatever you do on Sundays right now, you know the story. And to be even more honest, maybe too honest, for most of us in this room, you've accepted Christ's offer to forgive your sins. Vacation Bible school, an evangelistic outreach, a church event. And that solved the problem. Help. You accepted Jesus Christ's offer to forgive your sins so that you wouldn't go to hell. And then you went on with your life. We all do it. Real life. Um, there's a verse in Matthew chapter 5, 45, Jesus is teaching, and he says that both rain and sunshine falls on the wicked and the righteous alike. And actually the rain there isn't a negative thing. It means it causes things to grow. It's in theology called common grace. It's the idea that God shows mercy to people whether they accept him or not. Do you know what else is common? Pain, life, trials. The truth is, I had two people this morning. One person told me they lost a cousin or a niece, 20-year-old girl. Somebody else found out that their family member was diagnosed with a form of cancer that has taken the life of many in their family. If you looked at the news this morning, which I not, do not encourage, 200 of our brothers and sisters were killed this morning in Sri Lanka just for going to worship the resurrected Lord. That's real life. And it happens to the atheist and the saint alike. Life happens. And does the resurrection have anything to say about that? I mean, the truth is we've so, we've so marginalized the message to just death and hell that the power of the resurrection that Chad just led us in music about doesn't mean anything. Let's go back to our sketch. Kelsey, the cookies are ready. Oh, they look so good. Wait, Miss Jill, I want to be there when you try them. Okay, now. Mmm, these taste amazing. Using that coffee instead of water changed them completely. How did you know to do that? Oh, just trial and error, I guess. The flowers turned out great, and putting them on the hats that we made was so much fun. Well, maybe now you can take some of that stiff nylon yarn I have and make scrubbies like this for people in campers or whatever. Yeah, and if I made enough of them, I could take them on the Amazon trip or any mission trip. That would be a great project for the kids to learn. 
Do you think you could teach them? Sure, but I think you could teach them. Look how much you've learned in just a few tries. Yeah, but I'm not so sure how to start and finish. Okay, then we'll both teach them. Is the soup ready? My mom will love it. She'll never believe that I made it. Yes, it's ready. But the longer it simmers, the better. How is she doing? Have you talked with her lately? Well, she said she's ready to come home. We still have a couple weeks until we find out what's next, but I don't think she's as scared as she was before. I know I'm not. Well, I mean, it's a scary time for her, but for you too. Yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to being alone while she was there. Actually, I wanted to be there with her. You know why you couldn't though, right? Yeah, I know. But I still get those moments of, I don't know. I'll lie in bed at night and I just think, what if she gets sicker? Or what if she can't work? And my mind won't stop thinking the worst. And I know in my head that God's got this, but I mean, what if he doesn't even care? And if he did care, then why would this happen in the first place? Sometimes I just can't help but cry. It's okay to cry, Kelsey. You know, I felt the same way when my husband got sick and then passed away. It doesn't make sense to me either. But then, sometimes, we see his hand in some of the smallest things, and we know that he is paying attention to us. You know, Jesus went through hard times, and he went through painful times, too. Mm-hmm. He especially felt sadness. But... He had a job to do and a reason for being stern. And as frustrated as he probably was, he kept on teaching and loving, just like your mom. Yeah, I know my mom is scared, and trust me, she would never admit it. But I can still hear it in her voice at night whenever we talk. She's just trying to protect you. But that's the thing. I don't need protecting. (laughs) We all need protecting from some of the things that life throws at us. She's just trying her best to take care of you. But she needs to take care of herself right now. And I can't help her. She won't let me. She will. You're just going to have to jump in and do it. Make her some of these delicious cookies. And now you know how to make homemade tomato basil soup. And stew. You taught me how to make stew the first night I was here. That's right. And it sure tasted good having someone to share it with. Yeah. So, Miss Jill, how did you get over your grief? Hmm, I haven't. Sometimes it's hard to get up in the morning. Other times it's hard to turn off the light at night and lay there in the dark. Some days it's a real struggle. But I reached a point where I was tired of it all myself. You weren't ever suicidal, were you? No. But I could certainly see why people give up. Your mom could easily give up if it weren't for you, Kelsey. I guess I reached my turning point when I gave it to God. I mean, I wondered where he was in my life, you know? What good was loving Jesus when everything in my life had gone sour? And what was he going to do to help me change it? I 
begged him to do something. And did he? <laughs> yeah, he sent me you. <laughs> what did I do? You helped me put one foot in front of the other. I had just finished praying that day. I was pitiful. And then the doorbell rang, and your mom needed my help. And I couldn't come up with an excuse to give her to get out of it, so here we are. <laughs> oh, did I tell you I'm singing that song that you taught me for my audition? No, that's wonderful. How did that happen? Well, I decided I needed something positive, and the song explains what we've been through and about how we need to stay above the struggle and just focus on the hope that God has given us. Well, what did your director say? Well, um, my director wasn't too happy. He said there would be no way that I would win if I did sing this song. But, of course, I said it had everything that a normal song had, and I could sing it with way more passion than if I were to just sing any other song. You know, that song has really pulled me through some tough times, and now you too. My daughter Penny introduced me to it. Will you practice it with me? Sure. You start and I'll join in. I want to climb to the peak of the mountain ridge, to the feet of the you doing here? Hi, Mom. I finished my last test, so I decided to come home. Well, you're supposed to be skiing with your friends for spring break. I'll catch up with them later. Hi, Kelsey. What are you doing? We're just practicing the song for my audition. And it's the most beautiful song I've ever heard. Oh! <laughs> Mom, you're back. Oh, no. This 
get you home, get you out of Miss Jill's house. I bet she trained half of your staff. Oh, on the contrary. We had a great time. Kelsey's welcome here anytime, night or day. Oh, well, you're so sweet. Thank you. But really, we need to get on home. Penny's home. Why don't you go gather up your stuff? <laughs> here, I'll help you. Really, Linda, Kelsey was great. She was so helpful. She was no trouble at all. In fact, she and I have become quite the pair. Well, you do look much more cheerful. <laughs> yeah. You know, that day you came by, I was at my lowest. I really wanted to say no, but I'm glad I didn't. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't. I, don't, I really don't know what we would have done. She had nothing to we, we just, we helped each other. She was so scared. I was really depressed. But God helped us both through it. Yeah. And Miss Jill taught me so much. Oh. I can cook real food now. Like stew and homemade tomato basil soup. Wow. And she taught me how to crochet. I made this hat for you in case you might need it. That is beautiful. I love it. Oh, I love it. And Kelsey has promised to come by once a week and help me cook supper for you, and we'll all eat together. Oh, no, you don't need to do that. That's, that's too much. Oh, don't you see, though, Linda? I, I don't like to eat by myself, and I certainly don't want to cook a big meal to eat by myself. So, really, we'll be helping each other out. <laughs> yeah, and Miss Jill and I are going to teach the kids on the mission trip how to crochet and make all these cool things. Oh. And I was so worried about your mom. Great. First step, use the freshest ingredients that you can, and then just be adventurous. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't say that everything is perfect around here, but every day is getting a little better. You know, I asked God to come help me out of a dark spot, and he came to me in the form of a teenage girl. <laughs> she was so scared of losing her mom, and she was hanging on by a thread herself. Literally, the hands and feet of Jesus where you yeah. least expect it. You right? are so right. Mm -hmm. You are so mm -hmm. right. Well, how are you now? Well, um, we've, got, we've, we've got a long road ahead. We've got a long road ahead. Well, you're ahead. not going to have to travel it alone. <sighs> Here, Mom. Oh. Tomato basil soup. Oh. You made this? Mm hmm mm -hmm. Yum. It smells delicious. Oh, it is delicious. God is a God of miracles. <laughs> is risen. Three small words that brought the collective pace of humanity to an absolute standstill. He is risen. Three words that shattered prisons. Words that shook the earth's foundations. Words that transformed a sense of utter despair into cries of pure joy and ecstasy. Echoes of history's greatest triumph that still shape our reality. Even today, we're assaulted by constant distraction, countless sources waging war for our attention, yet three words pierce the noise. In our hunger for validation, our desperate pleas for love and attention, three words calm our anxiety 
In a universe spinning at breakneck speed, its inhabitants locked in an existential crisis. Three words proclaim the purpose of our existence. He is risen. Lay hold of this truth and embrace the peace within. Yesterday, fear reigned in our hearts. Yesterday, we sat in crippling darkness. Yesterday, we suffered abuse and all the accusations of a broken world. But today, our king, our healer, our defender is risen. And this reality doesn't merely accompany us on a meaningless journey. This changes everything. For you see, if he is risen, then all other pursuits become secondary. All of our failures become insignificant. All criticisms and condemnations become irrelevant. There is only his word, his mission, and his infinite, unconditional love for you. Because he is risen, we look to tomorrow. Tomorrow, we will stop defining our worth through status and social media. Tomorrow, we will together build an everlasting kingdom. Tomorrow and every day after, we will dance in the radiance of a redeeming savior who crushed death and set us free. There is nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. We know this because he lives. We know this because he is risen. Will you uh, say a familiar verse with me? We'll do it in the King James because it's easy. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish everlasting life. And in our modern theology and in our brains, everlasting life starts at death. When we're robbed of life. Jesus actually said, I have come to give you abundant life. A life of hope in the rain. The sun and the rain do fall on the righteous and wicked alike. But for too many of us, we're just trying to survive this until God kicks in at, at death. And we're missing the hope and the peace and the joy. The problem with this sketch is it's real. It's, it's real. Some of you are going through it right now. Right now. And today, and just like Christmas, it's a good distraction. You, you come to church, you're with family, you're going to eat, eat pork, or something deep fried. They're both good ideas. We, we will ignore it. We, we will enjoy our people. We will listen to music. And even if you haven't walked with God intimately for many, many years, you will celebrate the resurrection today because he has put hope before you in eternal life. But I want to make it clear you're robbing yourself of joy today. In the diagnosis of cancer, in the difficulty. You're being robbed of the joy of the present. The Apostle Peter said this. Look on the screen with me from 1 Peter 1. All praise 
to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His grace, mercy, a great mercy, that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of that resurrection, we now live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad, because there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Well, that's an interesting verse we don't like to talk about in the church. When we thought about Easter this year, we didn't want to ignore the real life. I'm a little bit tired of overzealous, happy Christianity that doesn't hit reality. Personally, the truth is, it isn't all Easter bunnies and chocolate. It's real. It's scary. At times, overwhelming. Sometimes, maybe most of the time, we don't understand God's plan. But you can't understand His promise to never leave you or forsake you, to give you peace in the journey, to help you walk and have energy in the trials. It wasn't just Peter that said that. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Paul wrote this. This is why we never give up. Just so you know, the reason he said this is why we never give up is because from the outside it looked like he should. There's a lot of reason for Paul to give up, but this is why. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us glory that, that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see, those things are going to last forever. For most of you, you've put your trust in eternity, the hell problem, you have trusted God to take care of that for you. And the truth is, Scripture says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Getting saved is the easiest thing you'll ever do. Probably is the hardest thing God ever did. Trusting Him now, while you wait to go there, that's not so easy. That's difficult. In fact, the only way to have joy in the journey is to know His promises and be reminded of them to keep focused on what God is going to do because it's what He has done. You see, the truth is the resurrection just wasn't about eternal life starting at death. It was about eternal life that starts at rebirth. And there is hope for you this morning, my friends. There is hope for you. And, and if you don't know Him personally, then run to Him. Don't walk, don't crawl, run to Him. Because He loves you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you and brought him back to life to prove that he could be trusted. You can trust him with your soul. Just a question for those of you who never have. How's that working for you? How's it working for you doing it alone? It's hard. And if you know God, there's hope. Child of God, I, I want to say something to you. And that is, I want to remind you that God gave you the church to remind you of the promises God made. You were never supposed to walk this alone. If you are a child of God and you're 
kind of a distant child of God, you're like that third cousin that lives way out in the country. It's not because he moved. And he's calling you this Easter morning to run back to him. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has written your, hand, your name in his palm of his hand, Isaiah says, in the blood of the Lamb. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. And nobody can rip you out of his hand if you're his child. But why in the world would you ever want to live this alone? Because the church is hypocrites. That's exactly why you need to join us. We need one more hypocrite. To remind us of the mercy and grace of God on a regular basis. That's why we gather. Church isn't a place you get saved. Church is a place you go because you're saved. So wherever you're from and wherever you live, it's time to jump back into the family. You don't like the family? Family doesn't like you? Make us better. I challenge you, fix us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are an imperfect group, but you cannot afford to abandon hope. And what God does with us together is remind us of hope. We do this every Sunday what we do. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, why in the world wouldn't you accept this free gift? It's better than a chocolate bunny with peanut butter in it, which is pretty good, but it's better. Better than the ham you're going to have this afternoon, because the ham will leave you hungry. Jesus Christ will feed you full. Run to him, my friends. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All of you. All of us. Why would anybody be so stupid as to go to hell when salvation is free? Why would anybody be so foolish who's a child of God to live hopeless? Because that stuff that you just saw will happen. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to me. The question isn't if, but when. And then the question is, where will we be, and are we prepared? The resurrection of Jesus Christ means new life, new hope. Promises made, promises fulfilled. Somewhere to trust. And I beg of you this morning, people, Carpenter's Way people, visitors, people on the Internet, if you put your trust in Him for heaven, put your trust in Him for earth worthy. Father, I thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Promises kept. Grandiose statements that you made were fulfilled in that moment. Thank you that we can trust you. Thank you that even though life is difficult and the rain falls and trials come, that those of us who know you know the God of the universe. Thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. Thank you that you have offer abundant life. Not a trouble-free life, but peace and hope and joy in the midst of real life. So may we be a people of hope. The answer to this country's problems is not better politicians or more tax dollars or more whatever. It is Jesus Christ. May we be a people who proclaims the excellencies of the Lord until we go to see you face to face. Father, may we ascend to heaven in our living and our hopes so that others might know that you are alive and real. In Jesus' name we pray.
pray that whether you're in the middle of the storm, like maybe you're in the, the middle of the fight of your life, and you're, uh, you're like, man, I don't know if God's even real, if he cares. Uh, maybe you're in that season where everything's great, and you don't really need him. I pray that as we go through the rest of the day and the rest of the week, uh, we remember uh, the cause of the the cause of today that everything is changing. Everything is changing. Um, we're gonna sing one more song, and uh, it's kind of a declaration, I guess you'd say, of what we believe. The song's called "We Believe." Uh, if you know it, I invite you to stand to your feet. Um, it's kind of upbeat. It's gonna be fun. It's kind of a way of us to just to leave here, just declaring together as a family what we believe. In this time of desperation, and all we know is doubt and fear, there is only one foundation we believe, we believe. In this broken generation, all is dark, you help us see. There is only one salvation, we believe, we believe.
is risen. Happy Easter.